This podcast contains detailed plot spoilers, adult language, and mature themes. Listener discretion is advised. Let's get this sucker started. So welcome to a podcast of Rare Antiquities. Today we will continue to review WandaVision as episode 5 aired today. However, even though I really don't want to start the podcast on a dour note, but Christopher Plummer did pass away today, so I thought I would just give a shout out to the great Canadian actor. I'm not sure if you guys were aware, but... Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I was. General yeah. Chang himself, unfortunately. Yeah. Uh, I was about to say the best Klingon fan could ever hope for. Yeah. That's true. But I guess, I, I, Jeff, we talked about this, I think, before in one of our shows that I recall. We did cover the man who would be king, and mm-hmm. he, he played Kipling in that yeah. one. And um, we, I think we briefly touched upon him as he's probably... I don't know if we could say it, but I think I think it's safe to say I think he is probably the best actor that Canada has ever produced in terms of classical actor who's that kind of a legend, like not a superstar in the vein of, say, someone like Ryan Reynolds or Keanu Reeves or, or whatever, you know, those uh, <laughs> those mofos. But, uh, you know, but, you know, enjoy those guys, too, but they're not actors. This guy, Plummer, is legit actor, actor. Yeah. Um, and yeah. I don't think Canada's ever produced someone as great as Plummer with the exception of William Shatner, but that's another story. Well, and they're they are kind of contemporaries too, right? They they did yeah. they were in things together over over the years, right? Outside of Trek, and it was also yeah that was all like kind of Shakespearean theatrical plays in Ontario mm-hmm. when they were growing yeah. up in in the fifties and in the sixties. The, uh, I think that was in the fifties or early sixties. That's when they were kind of going across Canada, you know, putting on shows and, you know, these are professional stage shows and yeah, they were intertwined earlier in their career and it was fitting that he did play Chang, as you guys mentioned, which as a Trek fan, that's probably our favorite role that Christopher Plummer ever was in. But I just thought, I think it would be disrespectful that, you know, if we didn't say anything. So I thought we'd start off by just, I just want to give a little toast to Christopher Plummer because he, he is fucking awesome. Yep. Uh, I'll pour one out for, for Christopher Plummer. Yes. Okay, now that the old fogey's out of the way, <laughs> we can move on. What a way to show! What a way to show respect to the man, too. <laughs> one more blue hair out, out of the way, out of my way. <laughs> uh, that's just a joke. We, I one one last old person I have to push out of line to get my COVID vaccine. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so let's get into WandaVision. So we got our 80s sitcom. I thought instead of today, like what we've been doing before was kind of a very informal review. We could talk about anything at any given time in terms of structure of our show. I thought today, because there was so much that was revealed today and so much to talk about, I thought if you guys are okay, we do the classical way we approach the podcast is we'll go through the show in the acts, like we'll talk about certain scenes and then I think that fits because of the twist at the end or the surprise mm-hmm. at the end. So, yeah. So let's get started. So we open the show here. We do get the 80s sitcom and they talk, they show that they're babies. They're uh, Tommy and Billy. They're babies. They have a couple of minutes there. Agnes walks in and she's, you know, going to help them kind of 
make the babies quiet. And we immediately get that scene with Vision talking to Wanda and Agnes. And Agnes puts a pause in the whole thing and it becomes really serious. Where, you know, all the humor is kind of gone. But she says, well, Wanda, are you going to rewind this moment? Because you want me to handle the babies, right? So... The big reveal here is, is that Agnes is in, like we suspected this, but Agnes is in on what's going on. And we'll, you know, learn later. We can maybe talk about this now with Agnes. She has more control or awareness than the other people in this town. And I thought I would ask you guys, who is Agnes right off the bat? So what do you guys think of these scenes and and the revelation of Agnes saying, no, 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 Wanda, let's rewind this because you want me to take care of the kids, right? I think she specifically says, do you want to take it from the top? Like like an actor yeah. would say in a scene. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I will say actually, like right before we kind of talk a bit more about Agnes, I did like the gag where Vision comes out and he's got the things in his ears. Oh yeah. And he makes yeah. the, I just, he makes the comment about these are noise canceling headphones. <laughs> Yeah, it's just, <laughs> he's got a few lines like that in this episode that I kind of laughed at. But I mean, it was very, like, kind of 80s sort of, like, family, like, very G-rated banter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah, as far as Agnes, I, actually, maybe I'll go last, because I, I think I, I'm i incapable of sort of separating uh, the theories I've read. Okay, Jeff, okay, so, give us your thoughts. Uh, yeah, well, I, I mean, that what I took away from that is, and I don't know why. I didn't get the impression so much that she was in on it so much as like, I wasn't quite sure when I, when I was watching it, like what was going on, even though it was like, she said, we'll take it from the top that like, you want to do this again. That kind of, that kind of language that was breaking the fourth wall of a sitcom. But I wondered if that wasn't so much that she was in on it so much as Wanda losing control. Cause as the episode goes on, it seems to be that she's in everybody's head and maybe she was losing uh, her grip on that. That was the impression I got from that scene there. But it was certainly, it's almost like they're breaking the fifth wall, right? Because like she's breaking the fourth wall inside the sitcom that they're in, but also to us, which is outside the sitcom. So that, it was certainly a very important moment. No, it was an important moment. I still believe there's more to Agnes than... Mm. And I, I'm sure Nathan's going to say something here in a second, but I think there's more to Agnes than the other people in the show. Let's talk about the rest of the town later when that's revealed mm-hmm. later in the next little scene here. But just about these scenes. So Nathan, I'll roll it over to you. Yeah. So one thing, another thing I noticed about Agnes, and this was in the the third episode when she gets serious there's a general change in like the tone of the show where like there's no more laugh track. And so like there's a weird seriousness to her. The other thing I, and actually I didn't really realize till a little bit later, and this is kind of with the doghouse, which we'll talk about. She's always kind of appearing when Wanda needs something. Mm-hmm. And I didn't really, yeah. I never picked up on that until like she, she was there to help with the anniversary with the right. dinner and like a whole bunch of other like little things. And, you know, the, the first thing I kind of thought of was if you guys have ever played Bioshock, mm-hmm. it has like a neat little mechanism where like there's a guy talking to you and he says a very innocuous thing. Like, would you, I think, would you kindly, would you kindly? Go? Yeah. And because it's a video game, it's like, yeah, okay. Like the progress in the level, I have to go like shoot some guy or open some door or whatever. But then, part of the meta narrative is that like, Oh, the character you're playing has been brainwashed to respond to. Would you kindly, but it's very clever because you, 
you as the player would just sort of do it. And so it, it uh, really fascinating. And that's what I started thinking of immediately. It was that like somehow mm. whether I, and I couldn't tell if it was Wanda is truly controlling Agnes or Agnes senses when Wanda needs something as to who Agnes is. Now I'm just going to throw, this is the theory I've read and this was going to a real rabbit hole. Cause this was digging deep into Marvel lore that I'm, absolutely not familiar with the only thing here is is this from your perspective you think this is really going to be a spoiler <sighs> well, um, we're guessing not, you're, not you're, really you're just it's, speculating so it's, it's, a, it's speculation a, that's fine as long as it's not spoilers no I mean, it's I guess not it a spoiler be. because well it, it's a spoiler if it turns out to be true but this is strictly speculation the speculation is that agnes is sort of the mcu equivalent of a character named so it's not agnes it's the name again i just i just lost it anyways she's like um like a witch type character that knows or or that's in the comic book scarlet which has gone to for help in the past agatha agatha harkness i think uh, i was trying to dig deep on what i read mm-hmm. and and the only spoiler thing I will not say that makes me think that that might be true is just something I saw in one of the trailers. Now, again, Marvel does this. They're really they do a really good job of like twisting and contorting characters and storylines to sort of meet their need where it's like, oh, it's kind of this thing, but it's not, you know, and they're also really good at like red herrings. I actually listened to a, a podcast with the showrunner and she talked about, yeah, like we know that everyone breaking this down like line by line, everything, the background. And so you have to sort of expect that there is just going to be red herrings at times. Mm. So, but I, I do think that this is an important character to the overall narrative. Now, I don't know if she'll turn, and actually in the comic book, I have no idea if this is a, a you know, good or evil character to be told. I didn't really do that much research. I just like, oh, it's a witch kind of thing, right? But I do think it is interesting that I, th- I think that she is playing along in a different way than the other townspeople are. I think right. that she is, in complete control of what she does, but she's just sort of acting the part as opposed to uh, being forced against yeah. her will. Yeah, because it's different compared to the other people in the town. Yeah. Um, right. But, so now, speaking of kind of control, okay, so now the, this scene's important with Agnes because Vision is then questioning things more and that'll hit home more as the, and he'll learn more as the episode progresses, which we'll talk about. But one thing I want to talk about, and we can knock these these characters out of the, out of the park now, is the kids. So we see the babies here. Then all of a sudden they grow right in these opening couple of minutes here. They become five. And even in the opening credits there, which we'll get to in a second, um, you see that five. they are now five because there's one, two, three, four, five candles. So they are five. And then later in the episode, they become 10 with respect to them getting that dog or wanting to yeah. have the dog or whatever. So let's talk about the kids now. The important takeaway I had out of this is that she couldn't control them even when they were babies. She couldn't stop them from crying until they got a pacifier in which babies would naturally stop crying and later it feels like she can't stop them from even like she's not really wanting to stop them from asking questions but even if they're uncomfortable for her but what the takeaway i had out of this is she has no control over these kids so does that signify something or is it that in her you know whatever this reality is that she's concocted she doesn't want to impose that kind of limit on whatever this is so are they sentient are they just part of this reality are they real i mean i don't even know i thought i'd break ask you guys so yeah i think they're i think what it signifies there because she can't control them when they want to age from five to ten 
And when later, after the dog dies, it looks like they want to do it again to like get through the grief. And mm. she she stops them, but she doesn't stop them using her powers. She stops them by talking to them because you can see she she knows she can't control them. So to me, what that means is that they're real. They exist. She gave birth to them. Like whatever the mechanics of that is with using Vision's version of DNA or whatever, whatever's going on there, like she gave birth to them. So they're real in this. In, she doesn't have control over that. Yeah, that's, that's what I took away from that. Maybe. But uh, another point that came later in the episode, which we'll get to when they're talking about the MCU part of it, the outside of uh, the real world, is they reveal that this has all been nine days yeah. in total up right. to this point. Right. So in nine days, she was able to get, you know, pregnant, ha have birth, and now they are aging. Right. So I guess, you you know anything's possible in terms of you know it's you're talking about maybe software because of vision i mean we well, don't she, know we, we don't but she like, has she has like it she creates them with her powers but she's created the way i saw it we'll see how it plays out is she's created this reality but she's also uh like i feel like there's a reality to her having given birth to these these children and they are real it's a product of her right. reality but the, her powers but, what, but they exist they're not they're not a construct in her mind right, right? like they're but real. it's it's interesting though that they can't be controlled by her powers the way everything else in this because like it's it's not just that oh she created them in this reality like they are the only ones who have been created in this reality right Mm -hmm. So seemingly born out of her magic in a way, but even something as simple as that, oh, they won't go to sleep. It's one thing to like control their thoughts or whatever, but just like a simple, hey, go to sleep. That would seem like a very simple thing and they yeah. can't even do that, which she actually got a pretty good laugh as the babies kind of laugh and she's like, hey, that's not funny. And I kind of chuckled at that. Yeah. Um, the only thing I'd like to say though, is that if she wants this family life, like I agree with you, if, if they go, if they're real, that's fine. And I think most likely because they're extending these Marvel phases, these two kids, if if they survive this series and they are real, they'll be part of whatever future phases that'll be in, in Marvel. But the only thing I would contradict you guys on this in terms of them being real is why would Wanda want to rush all of this? The minute they're born, you would think that as a mom, she would want to cherish those moments. Now, I know she has no control and that's maybe the, the outcome of why it's not her fault. Like she wants to maybe keep it this way, but she can't because, you know, of something. That's why she, we don't know what those reasons are. But if she's able to control any of this, why would she want to rush them being babies? Like for just... Uh, I think that she, she, she can't not control know. them. She can't control them. And she, yeah, she might might not know. Uh, she seems to be less aware inside this reality than she was outside. But if she can't control these two creatures, then she doesn't want to rush it. But she, she yeah, can't I, control I them. think there's still an element of where, like, she is kind of in control, but also I, I think that there's still an outside force that is somehow making this possible. We'll get to it later in the episode. I think there's a couple of allusions to that. I think we'll actually maybe know, have a bit of a clear episode in the next episode, because I do wonder if they're working on, because it's nine episodes, I wonder if they're kind of working it as like little, like mini arcs where each three episodes is its own, like, you know, act one, two, and three. Yeah. Because I'd be really annoyed if there's like essentially no antagonist and up until episode nine, then there's, oh, I don't know, whatever, MODOK comes in or something ridiculous like that. <laughs> You know, I want to kind of harken back to there wasn't, uh, I think it was episode two, when I thought it was really strange, people are chanting for the children. So is there something that, now I don't, I'm totally unfamiliar with Wanda's children in the comic books. I know they, they like grow up to be superheroes and stuff. I have no idea if that's the plan here or not. 
I do kind of wonder if there's an element of she's made some kind of deal or whatever, where it's like, oh, okay, well, I can get vision, but then I'm going to have these two kind of like super babies. Like she didn't really know, like a bit of a monkey's paw scenario where she didn't really know what she was getting into. And because there's even a line later that sort of seems to indicate that she's not fully aware of everything that is going on, even though she's like, well, this is my home now. This is where I live. I have everything that I want, but she may not be fully cognizant of what's actually going on. I get that impression too, actually. Like, at least when she's on the inside, it seems to me that she's somewhat subservient to the reality there, whether she's created it fully or there's some outside thing. Like, when she came out for those scenes, uh, I know we haven't really talked about that, but when she came out for for that one interaction there... She seemed fully aware of everything that was going on. But for some reason, when she's on the inside, it feels like she maybe, I don't know if it's intentional or not, but like part of her awareness is blocked off. I don't know if you guys get that or not. She Well, she literally says. At the end. Yeah. At, at the, the end. So she, she has a line. Yeah. She says. I don't know how this started. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't. Yeah. I, I don't remember, know right. how this started. Yeah. I remember that. Yeah. Okay. But does that mean. But, okay. She didn't know how it started, but does that mean that she continuously has blinders on or she's, she didn't know how it started, but she's fully aware now, but doesn't care and is going forward? I, I think as we progress through the story, I think we'll kind of. And actually, there's a couple things a little bit further down the line in this episode that happened that I think deepen the mystery of and add some layers as as to what's going on. But it's not it's a little more nuanced than, oh, I just want vision back sort of thing. And I'm in a weird reality. I think there's a couple other things kind of going on here. Okay, so why don't we move on before we dive into more of the meat of the episode. So at this point, we have the family ties opening sequence here for the sitcom. So I know, Jeff, you probably had predicted or mentioned, I think it was you, Family Ties might be one of the possibilities for the 80s sitcom. I thought I'd get your guys' um, take on what you saw there. Did you dig it? Did you like the old uh, flashback photos in the same vein as Family Ties? Yeah, guys, just go ahead and talk about it. Well, I like the the theme song. That was very... That was great. Like Young Vision, I got a real kick out of that. that was you know, one funny. thing I, I, I wrote down here is that that would have been an interesting opportunity for like a goofy picture of Tony Stark and uh, Bruce Banner ah, hold, yeah, holding a baby funny. vision. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that would have been great. Right? Since they're really the, yeah, the, the parents, parents, right? Yeah. So. Yeah, uh, and Ultron too could have been yeah. there. Yeah, that's right. Ah, yeah. That would have been, that would been great. <laughs> oh, missed opportunity. So yeah. There was something really clever that they did do when they showed. There's actually a number of clever things I want to talk about, but the one attention to detail that I really liked was when they're showing the um, the photos of Wanda, and there's two photos very specifically. Uh, one where she's like very young, and another one when she's kind of a teenager. It looks like she's in a like a, an old bombed out ex Soviet city yeah. with its like concrete and spray paint everywhere. It's like that is a great attention to detail. That's what Sokovia was. The other thing I liked because I was wondering how they were going to handle this because there there I felt like there was no way they couldn't acknowledge it in some fashion. But in addition to the like the family ties ness of it was so which was so on point. There's a lot of full house in this opening. Which just with her being the younger sister of the Olsen twins, like they just couldn't, like they could never have the Olsen twins in here. I, I, 
like the whole thing with twins and whatnot, that's just part of the character. But because of Elizabeth Olsen, they're like, well, how do we acknowledge it without doing it in a way that brings you out? And like a lot of the scenes where they're outside with the kids and running around and stuff like that really reminded me of the full house opening bit. Mm-hmm. So I I never watched Full House. So there was a some of this was parodying Full House, or was it more Family Com- Ties? Well, it's actually like a combination. So it's Family Ties. The photos are right from Growing Pains. Or oh, that's and Growing then, Pains. Yeah, that's probably yeah yeah yeah. I and it was then Family Ties. I think it, the it Family is- Ties. I think they did maybe use that at some point, but the Growing Pains. I remember that specifically with the photos of all the kids, like because even the adult characters would be like over time, but family ties, like was it always the drawings that they would uh, paint it in? Yeah. I thought it was family ties, but I, I could be wrong. I well, should have. No, that part is family ties as well. Yeah. It, no, no, it is. I just thought that like the, over time, I just wonder if they changed it. No, it's all the scenes where they're like outside in the grass and running around and having a picnic. That's all very full house esque. Okay. Maybe. Which I mean, I was never, I was never a fan of Full House. I, even, but I, it was on. It was a thing that, like, yeah, you, I would just watch sometimes. No, I, right? I wasn't but, a fan either, but I watched it all the fucking time. Yeah, but I just, I just like that. That was that's all the acknowledgement that you need of Elizabeth Olsen's link to that without it like being so fucking obvious uh, that it takes you out. I think that was all the tip of the hat you needed to uh, to that to the to the Olsen twins. I think. See, I, I I see what you're saying. I, I one of the things that I was disappointed with there is this didn't feel enough like any particular sitcom. It was too generic for me. You mean the it's, opening or the episode no, the, in which they the were, episode the, yeah, the, the opening episode. was the opening was the best part of the homage. That that's was right. great. That was that's but, right. And I know that we're we're starting to bleed more into the MCU reality. So we're you know it's going to be less and less sitcom esque, and and that's okay. They need to if they need to like make that transition. But I felt that the sitcom scenes here were far too generic. I, I like the fact that the the set the house like they just keep using the same house mm-hmm. and updating it decade over decade. Like I think that's really clever. That's yeah. great. But and, the, and, the, and the kitchen with the door being the way yeah. it was, that reminded me of Family Ties. Because the Family uh, Ties, they yeah. had that kind of door in the kitchen. That's what I remember. Yeah. Uh, I yeah, think they, a lot they, of sitcoms had that kind of door, not just Family yeah. Ties, but yeah. I guess so. it, Yeah, you're right. Yeah. I guess so. It works. Yeah. Like the, the set's great. Like I, the set design is one of the most genius things that they did on the show because it is, they're able to adapt that whole design for each decade and it, and it fits perfectly with each iteration of the sitcom but the sitcom today this week the sitcom itself was the most the most generic of all of it it, it, it looked was, like it was genetically engineered to look like 1990 from our point of view right because you know how like the 90s like 1990 1991 when you look at tv shows unless you you know specifically the year it came out it's like well, it could be like 1988 but it could be 1992 yeah. And so it had like that vague, yeah, that 80s look. Like it didn't look like it was 1985. Didn't, no. Or, it was very transitional 80s, 90s. Yes. Like it was, yeah. yeah, it was too generic. I thought they had a real missed opportunity with not including like a nod to Elf, which was like the one of the biggest sitcoms yeah. of the 80s. Like they could have just had Howard the Duck in there for no reason. Like that would have been good because that would have been funny. Marvel character. Exactly. But make it like a dumb, like Elf like puppet. 
on like a death trap oh, set. Oh man, that would be great. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that'd have been interesting. And that's what the kids would have in the, in the sink. It'd be it'd be Howard the Duck. That'd be awesome. <laughs> That'd be awesome. Okay. Well, why don't we why don't we keep moving forward? Because we're already 34 minutes into here. We have so much more to cover. So let's now talk about the outside world with Rambo and the forces of freedom, which is sword. So <laughs> you know I gotta throw this shit like that in there, right? So why don't we combine all of is it Monica Rambo, right? Monica, Correct. yeah. Monica. So why don't we talk about Monica? and her scenes with Jimmy Woo and the rest of the sword folks. And we have some reveals here. They have that kind of military powwow meeting. And then later she also has this scene just with Jimmy, I believe. And she there's a confusing scene for me with her dealing with the clothes. And, you know, there's a little hint that she, you know, she has some resentment towards Captain Marvel and the pants or Kevlar because she went into it into the reality with the Kevlar bodysuits and then her clothes generated as Kevlar. I'm sure that's going to be a nugget for later in future episodes. But then the more important stuff that I wanted to talk about that interested me was what the sword meeting revealed was that they confirmed Wanda's controlling everything, at least from their perspective. There are thousands of hostages in that town. So Nathan, you were talking about those are real people in a town that has been confirmed. It's not just a few, it's thousands. And we see video evidence of her stealing Vision's body nine days ago. And they have confirmed that she is somehow, at least from their perspective, have resurrected Vision and he is now alive. But the funniest thing I got out of all of this was that Vision had a will. <laughs> yeah. He had a last will yeah. and testament. He says, I don't want this to happen. I don't want to be used as a weapon. So... I found that kind of interesting. So I thought I'd, you know, have you guys talk about all of the scenes here, including the Kevlar clothes. Nathan, your thoughts. Uh, well, I think the Kevlar clothes thing, just, I, I, I don't think it's that complicated. I just think that, because uh, we sort of saw this with, I think it was, yeah, it was the last episode with the beekeeper guy when the rope kind of got cut off and it turned into like a, like an old school skipping rope. Mm -hmm. Like it's, it's been metamorphosized into something else, but it still somehow retains its normal properties. I guess I don't know. It's, it's Marvel. It's comic book science, right? So I think it's just shorthand for, well, like it's, it's, it's like it's, stuff looks needs to look different, but it's still made up of the the matter that yeah, it came but, into it. Right? But it's not a visual; it's not an entirely a visual illusion. It's it's as though it actually has been transformed, and it is that thing, but it also still retains its old qualities, I guess. Right. Yeah. Yeah, and very quickly, yeah. There's there's beef there, Rambo and Captain Marvel. I don't know what's going on there, but I'm. I feel like that's the thing that like Marvel does, like it drops these little nuggets for later. I don't think we'll ever come back to that unless Captain well, we, Marvel actually shows we, up in the show. But, well, but it, it could happen in the in the next Captain Marvel movie because it implies that, that's what I mean. Like she's never come back, right? Like that that little yeah. girl, Monica's the, the little girl, like that was her hero, and then she left, never came back. Her mom died, and and where you know where, where was she this whole time? Like. Exactly. Like her mom, that was her yeah. best friend, and she never came back. So yeah, she was I can just off saving. Beef there. Yeah, she was just off saving thousands of on helping. But she didn't know that. But she did. She hadn't. She yeah. she wouldn't have known that. But she's a member of Sword. If Sword's dealing with intergalactic issues, you would think she would know that. Not yeah, necessarily. She's, a, she's only human. Because nobody. Human, right. Uh, 
I don't nobody ever knew. I, about I, it, no, right? I I call a spade a spade. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I know, but you you I don't know that you know what a spade looks like, so I'm oh, I'm not oh, entirely sure. Oh, oh, I know spades. That's all I get. That's um, no, I I think Jeff's right. It, where this is just like a little a little nugget they're gonna drop in for Captain Marvel two. Yeah, or the Miss Marvel TV show, which will be coming out on Disney Plus. Also takes place in New Jersey. Does this have anything to do with it? Who knows? Just thought I'd bring that up. You know, the one thing I I know I did actually kind of laugh at two things I kind of laughed at. Uh, Jimmy Woo, I love this guy. Like he needs to be in more movies. I you know, and actually just overall the the trio interaction between Woo and Darcy and and Rambo, I think it's good. It's fun. It's poppy. It's very MCU. I did laugh at the the will thing for Vision. What I took out of that, and I paused the video to look at what Sword was doing. They had Vision's body to completely pulled apart. Mm-hmm. They did. So I think mm-hmm. there's like an and and actually we'll talk about this with what's the director's name? Is it Hay- Hayward? I didn't the, know the, sword, the sword. I re- I remember I wrote it down, but from the last episode. But the sword director guy, which I want to talk about later. But so I think she was there. Because she found out that they were experimenting on Vision Mm. against his will and took the body. So it wasn't necessarily like, oh, I want my dead robot boyfriend back. I think it was I'm rescuing him or Mm. recovering his body. Mm -hmm. Uh, Because again, sentient weapon uh, something or other, right? Sentient weapon something, something, something. Yeah. Yes. And and so like that fits vision perfectly, right? Sentient yeah, weapon. That's right. And he's as said, I don't want to be uh, someone's weapon. So I, I do that's sort of my takeaway there from that mm. scene. I did sort of laugh when they had the little exchange where uh sword director is like, Oh, she doesn't have like a nickname. No, oh, yeah, no silly nickname, yeah. Which I, I can actually tell you why that's the case, but maybe it, it'll make more sense at the end of the episode. Okay, how about then the other reveals? Like, any, any comment on that? It's there's confirmation there are thousands of hostages there, or it's yeah, odd. Yeah. Well, I think it's odd because I think, like, as dangerous as Wanda is, I have a hard time believing that she would want to cause that many people that much pain. Because, like, she didn't kill a Rambo when she threw her out. Like, I mean, if anything, like, I mean, that could have killed her, and it didn't. She didn't kill... She said specifically, the, Rambo said specifically, like, she could have, but she protected me. But she didn't, and actually, I think, went out of her way to make sure that she wasn't, That's right. like, injured poorly. She didn't That's kill right. the director of uh, S.W.O.R.D. Could have in a second, right? You know, so I, I, I think that the fact that there's, like, thousands of people trapped here, I mean, I think that's... Wanda may not... We never actually had that much confirmation that it was Wanda suppressing these people's minds. I know Norm kind of implied it. I know Rambo has sort of said it, but I don't know. I I still think that Wanda wouldn't necessarily do this to all these people. I mean, she's still an Avenger, right? I mean, she only just fought Thanos... So I can't I can't imagine that she's going to go all evil within a matter of weeks. Like okay, this. the only thing I I want to say to that is I mean I was going to save it for the end is when Vision challenges her on that in in a later scene. She actually I want to save that for later. Why don't we let Jeff you chime in on these scenes here without talking a little bit more on the weeds on that. Just anything with the MCU stuff on the outside until Wanda comes out. So don't talk about that yet. So before she comes out, just when they're yeah. They're revealing, yeah. 
revealing zippy, and the Kevlar pants and all that stuff and anything you want to talk about? Anything else you want to add? The zippy quips? No, not really. I, I think we covered it. I guess I'll say this is it's um, it kind of reminds me of Thor, Thor 2, which is not a compliment, which is just generic Marvel zippy, zippy quips. I'm feeling it. It's not the show's fault. Feeling of wearing thin, but I felt it wearing thin for many movies. Now, mm-hmm. you know, like I, I get it, guys. Thanks. No, and uh, I have, yeah, I have yeah. the same kind of feeling. It, yeah. That kind of stuff, those quippy MCU kind of scenes uh, when they're kind of just in the military compounds and stuff like that. Yeah. That 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 gets boring after a while. It, yeah, so. very much so. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Let's talk about Vision at the office. So I know at that point he gets that uh, you know kind of thought that he needs to kind of do something to that person's mind. Norm was the name. And he finds out that the guy is in pain. He is being controlled. He, he has a different personality and a different mindset uh, under this false reality. And when he Vision's able to lift it, then he realizes he's in pain. He will talk to Wanda about that later. We'll save that for later. But then you get a lot of the other kind of funny stuff, you know, the old e- the emails and the old tech jokes and stuff. So these are, this is a quick scene. You guys can just the Commodore 64. Yeah, was Commodore fun. 64. That. that was fun. Yeah. 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 Any other thoughts there or want to talk about that or we're not? Well, it's, it's a good, no, I think it's a good scene. It's, it's quick because it also, it also gives vision a a bit of right, a portal into, into reality. Mm -hmm. Like he sees the, the message on the screen and that's kind of what prompts him to do whatever he does to buddy them. Right. Mm -hmm. So, so it, that is really, it's a quick scene, but it's really important for Vision's revelation. He's starting to, to get hip to the, to the scene here. That's uh, right. It was, it was both funny and really disturbing because they play it, they do play it for laughs. I mean, they're doing the email thing and playing that for laughs and haha, it's great. And then he, uh, he zaps the dude's brain. He's like, where's my phone? I can call my family. Like, where, how long am I gone? And all this stuff. And Vision has to kind of like put him back. Mm-hmm. where he found him in a sense like he's got to put him back up on the shelf and, yeah, then, and then the dudes he, he pl- yeah he plugged him back into the matrix so yeah he plugged him back into the matrix and then the dudes right back in and, and they play that for a little bit of a laugh and it was dark thing that the marvel universe did right there which is played that guy's pain mm-hmm. and mind control for a bit of a gag like on purpose i respect that they did it. i actually really like that scene because it was really really unsettling so good, good yeah, for it them was. For, yeah, for good for them. Yeah, uh, I agree. I, I like that scene. Uh, Nathan, any thoughts here, or do you want to move on? No, I feel mostly the same. But one other thing I want to mention that I really liked, I just want to know if you guys noticed it. And this actually goes back to the basically the beginning of the episode where we're going like more or less like full widescreen even though yeah. it's a 90s or 80s sitcom. But th- another thing they do a lot, and they start doing it more here, is they also break from a lot of the traditional camera shots. It's like right after they read the email, and everyone's kind of laughing, and Vision, he's kind of perturbed a little bit. It's like like it's a really like a well-framed, well-lit shot, it's just, and it's just eerie-looking. Because it's still within the sitcom. Norm is acting like an insane person, like with the, because they're reading off about this email about the Maximoff anomaly. Although it is kind of weird. Like, how did he get that email? I mean, I know it's, and also, like, how, is that how email worked in the 80s? I don't know. Um, oh, I can't remember. 
I honestly don't remember. Like, well, I wouldn't have known. How would we have known? We wouldn't have known. No, we. I got. I got my. I got internet like in what nineteen ninety eight. 97 yeah that's we got that's we got yeah. internet in 97 i think so yeah 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 email oh well yeah that's the other thing, like email because yeah it would have been like like user groups and stuff like that back then i mean i think email existed in a certain way but it was more like like between universities and like an internal mail system this is another thing like i think that just sort of showing what my point i was getting at was it's sort of slowly showing like the breaking down of this reality in a weird way, which is a lot of themes of this episode in that it's not exactly the sitcom, right? We're actually seeing mm-hmm. Wanda get sloppy at certain stuff, right? The camera isn't exactly the, the same for the the era. Things like that are, I think, are just like a subtle way of showing the breakdown, but it's also like a, a subtle way of meshing the sitcom world with the MCU world. So you're not going back and forth between like four, three and widescreen. So right. I thought that was just like well, a nice like techni- technical detail. Because they did, I mean, they still change the aspect ratio though when they go to the outside world. They they do, but they go more like uh, cinematic. But it's modern, right? but mod- it's, yeah, it's it's modern, modern and cinematic, cinematic, right? Yeah, that's right. But it's not. I just find that if you go for because when they were moving from four three to widescreen, you see a more visible shift. Whereas this, you can actually cut back and forth between the realities. Yeah, that's right. When they did it jar. before, they actually had to like start in four three and then slowly fade in the aspect ratio. Like they would push the bars out yeah right this they they can just kind of cut between now so it's yeah 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 okay so uh, let's move on now so how now this is the point where very exciting point we've already hit touched on this a tiny bit is when the drone comes in and sword says let's just take a shot the director says take a shot i don't think they ever got a shot off or they might have but then at this point wanda comes out and challenges everybody there and says get the fuck out of here this is my home. And if you come in here again, she gives the hint that she's going to wipe them all out. The other important thing here for me is that the director and Monica are telling her, hey, you've got a whole town under hostage. You, you know, you're controlling it. She doesn't deny it. And she doesn't care about the hostages. And that's actually, you know, there, there's more proof that she doesn't care in the later or seemingly doesn't care as much later when Vision challenges her at the end of the episode. But I thought here is, is that these scenes here are now painting her to be a little bit more of a villain and less sympathetic character. I know she's going through grief. I don't think that they're making her to be the next MCU villain or anything like that. But that's the risk here is that now she is being painted as she doesn't care. There is the hint at the end that she didn't start any of this, but now she doesn't care. So I thought you'd get your guys' thoughts on this. It was a fantastic scene. I dug I dug it. It was. One of my uh, notes that I wrote was, not a good idea to shoot an Avenger. Because mm-hmm. uh, yep. <laughs> only bad things can, can happen to you. I assume that they did shoot try to shoot her with a missile, which kind of goes to my idea that sword was trying to do something hinky with vision's body and he and hayward or whatever the fuck his name is was trying to basically just cover that up by saying okay we're just gonna blow her up now Mm -hmm. and it was i thought yeah this is a fantastic scene her accent kind of came back a little Mm -hmm. bit the character's accent accent has been not just the show but like the movies it's just been all over the place but i thought that this was like you really see like like the like the danger that she presents as far as like like her t- like not caring about the 
people in the town. Yeah, I don't know. It, it's weird because I can't quite square it with the other things in my head of, you know, she wouldn't willingly do that. But you you are right. They see, she seemingly doesn't care at this point. Or I don't know, like, is there I'm just I'm, I'm trying to justify like a hero character kind of doing this. Right. But I don't know. It, it's sort of hard for me to, to, to square that idea. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I'm with you, Harry. Like it seemed like she's they seem to be playing her as a more of a vi- in more of a villainous role with this scene and more specifically as the the good guy turned evil and i thought that was like for me that was really effective it's kind of like it has shades of um of the dark phoenix uh, saga right for from x-men where what's her name jean gray jean gray yeah yeah like like she's the good guy but she slowly becomes the villain and it's not because it's not because she's evil inherently. It's just because like something happens, like she has a break, she suffers a trauma, there's tragedy. And so with that much power, that much power combined with that much grief is a terrible fucking combination and something bad's going to happen. And that is still what I think is a, a large part of what's going on with her. And when I saw this scene, that's, that's what I read. She doesn't want to, she doesn't want to hurt anybody. She doesn't want to destroy reality, but what she does want is what she wants. And as she said, I have what I want. And basically leave me the fuck alone. And she demonstrates her power. Like, you don't leave me alone. What's gonna happen is I'm just gonna turn you to orange juice or something with bullets. Like, I will fuck you, so fuck off. Because she's an Avenger, like she holds off from you know, just ruining this fucking guy's life. The, everybody, she doesn't wreck anybody's shit at this point, but I feel like she's ready for it. And that's why I really love this scene is because she's on the edge. She's just like Jean yeah. Grey. She doesn't want to, but she will. She's cap- Not only is she capable of it, but she will do it. And I think that's, I think that's the razor's edge that we're balancing on now. And, and that, was, that was my favorite part of the episode. Oh, yeah, no, it was fantastic. We'll talk a little bit more about the idea of grief with her at the end of this episode here. But let's just take a little fun break and talk about the commercial, because this is now in order of the episode after the scene. We get that nice little commercial break. Nathan, you're going to have to explain this to me. So Lagos. I thought I heard the word Lagos earlier in the episode when they said Germany and Lagos. So yeah. something happened to her with Lagos. And the funny thing is, is the commercials, the, the paper towel cleanup commercial, and the quote is, when you make a mess, you didn't mean to use Lagos. Or Lagos yeah. is that. So yeah. it, what are they referring it, to here? Okay, what they're referring to is at the start of Captain America's Civil War. This is the whole thing that kicks off the, the reasons for the, well, not the whole thing, but at the start of Captain America's Civil War, uh, like her, Captain America, Scarlet, or um, Black okay. Widow, Falcon. They're trying to catch some arms dealers. It Crossbones is the villain. Anyways, this is the incident where the guy tries to blow himself up in Captain and she, America. And she, and she lifts. She, st- she lifts that guy. She lifts it. Yeah. yeah, doesn't quite contain the explosion, and all those civilians die. Mm, okay, and so that, that's, so that's the, the impetus. Place is Lagos. Is Lagos, which is okay. a, I, I think we're pronouncing it wrong. It is a real city, I believe, in Nigeria, but it was like civilians, plus like civilians from Wakanda as well uh, were killed. So I, I thought this commercial was super clever, like with all the red liquid representing the blood. Mm. 
and and the the whole the whole tagline of like yeah cleaning up messes that weren't your fault sort of thing because it was it was an accident. It right? Looks like but a lot she, of beer was also spilled in Lagos during that event. So that's also a sin because beer was spilled here and it was needed to be cleaned up. Yeah, <laughs> I think yeah, that. Blood I is, think they spill all uh, the blood you want, but keep that beer in your fucking glass. That's right. <laughs> I think. I think ultimately that's what you know. Like when they when they dropped all that beer in the the market square there i mean that's that was a step too far and that's yeah. why king t'challa had to like step in and say no we gotta yeah. keep people in check and that's why tony was on board tony's yeah, like nobody's spilling beer on my watch it's like whoa 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 <laughs> yeah <laughs> that was too far yeah and in the and that's why um but you know cap was all for it because small side note I, this was never in the movies but in the comic books his father was an alcoholic so he's like yeah spill all that beer on the ground you don't need it <laughs> in fact pour that beer out right now yeah <laughs> you're getting a shield in the face actually i think he does drink in the movies well, uh, Cap, uh, i think he has one Cap. beer i believe he i does. think he, yeah. i think so yeah, it, he has i just beer. remember that was a thing for the character when i read the captain america comic books but anyway that joke that was a long runway a long runway for that one so that that is the so that and that's actually kind of the progression of the commercials is of her life which is the thing with because they 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 also mentioned that in the briefing in the you know when they've got the all-knowing file on the character that you know you have to throw exposition out she was 10 with the when her parents died and that was the tony stark thing mm-hmm. and then the strucker watch so because strucker would have probably reached out to her uh her and her brother and then the hydra soak thing it's like hey well they're you know recruited by hydra at that point then the logos thing happens Again, so are we gonna get a are we gonna get a thanos uh, commercial then for her because that that was a big event for her. <laughs> well, I mean, what's I mean, kind of what's the next big thing? I guess in a tragedy that's not her brother. I mean, it would well, be Vision dying, well, or well, not necessarily. So, so after after that, like there could be a like the fra- the the fracture between the Avengers because of Civil War. I don't know if that's much trauma for her. Well, it might have been because they were on opposite sides, right? She was basically being held captive at the Avengers compound and not knowing it with Vision as her keeper. And then then that obviously broke down there so that there could be something there. Maybe. Like, see, yeah, the whole, like, Germany fight, I don't know. I feel like that, yeah. like, it's too easy to kind of have, like, kind of a fun commercial about the Germany fight. I'm sure they'll do something, you know, very 90s about it. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Maybe. Although it doesn't feel like it's real, like a real trauma for her per se. That's why I'm, yeah. I'm trying to yeah, like to figure say, out yeah. what the next the next thing is going to be. So, mm. well, I would think it would still be Thanos because she still blames Thanos for the death of Vision. Yeah, but nope. is it too soon for that? Because like it, it could we got to have those commercials later too. Right? Yeah, so like that's the most recent one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so because because we got four episodes to go. Yeah, that'd be it's great to if say Josh, how many commercials yeah. we'll have. It'd be a great if Josh Brolin was in one of those commercials. So just as Josh Brolin, but, you know. Actually, I was I was thinking just as you were mouthing the words, if Joss Whedon showed up and just was like, "That's trauma." <laughs> there you go. Okay, let's move on to save some time because we're already at the one hour mark here. So let's get into so the dog dies here because of these events. The dog had escaped the house through the front door. And the dog dies by, I guess, eating some of the bushes in front of Agnes's house or somewhere. And mm-hmm. the kids find out about this. And then their instinct is to grow and she said to escape the grief. And this is an interesting part of the episode where she's now preaching to the kids. Hey, 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 don't run away from this. 
We want, I want you to deal with the grief. We don't, mm. we don't live that way. That's not right. And then they say, you fix things. You can fix death. And she goes, no, I can't reverse death. So what's going on here? This is a hypocritical message to me because she's doing the right thing for these children. And in this reality, she's, it's a fake reality. This is within her grief saying that it's a safe place and we can't do these kind of things. So I get that one aspect. But in the end, from this character's perspective and the audience's perspective, she's cheating all of this anyways by creating this reality. If she did create it to hide in this grief or is allowing these events to still occur, even if she didn't create it, because of her grief and vision. Now, you're right. She's hardly the first person to not follow their own advice, right? I mean, that's... uh, I agree, but we're not talking about like kind of like this uh, Oscar-driven drama here. Like this is a superhero movie, uh, a show. And you're dealing with it. I get that, that but that, no, but I, I do think they are people, right? So oh, I hear it. No, but I, I think they are intentionally drawing that comparison where this is not the first time in this in this episode where she's having this again. This is a very eighties nineties heart to heart of parent to child talk. We're talking about, oh, this is how you you deal with problems, right? Because this is where I think that they really, like, in the the era of these types of sitcoms, they, they try to do this a lot. And I think they are intentionally drawing your eye to this fact that, yes, she has created this reality, but she is hypocritically telling her kids to not run from it. But, I mean, it's not a... I mean, that that's just kind of a, a thing of human nature that, you know, you see this this flaw kind of within her of of how she's trying to deal with this situation. Right. And so I think it's just it's a very natural message, I think. But I don't I don't think it's like a, a result of anything other than they are actually drawing that. Like, the, I think the writers are actually drawing that that parallel for you. And it's almost a little heavy handed in a way. I found. I agree with you, Nathan. I'm just saying the risk here is, is you're making, it's a good thing and a bad thing at the same time. We don't want our heroes to be paper thin without any layers and any of our protagonists, right? So this is giving Wanda some layers, which is great. The danger here though, is because we as the audience see her as, well, she's not, you know, she's she's not practicing what she's preaching here. That's not good. You know, I look at that and say, that's not a good trait, especially when it's a superhero show. Now, it's one thing at the end of the episode of the series, miniseries, if she learns that lesson, maybe in an interesting way, you know, maybe not a safe way, maybe in a very, I think you mentioned it last week, Nathan, that this, this miniseries might end in sorrow or anguish or tragedy. And maybe that's the lessons learned she takes away out of all of this. And then she learns that lesson. But here, and then we, we're going to follow it up with the next scene she has with Vision. It seems she doesn't care. That's I'm still we're going back to this. It's I'm getting conflicted with what's going on here with this character. I, I don't know if it's going to be but resolved. Isn't that the point, though? Like, it's she's doing a, it's a classic parental move, which is do as I say, not as I do. Like, they're doing that on purpose, though. Like she, Yeah, and I, I feel like that's, they, that they is are, the but, point, is yeah, to give her can, these layers. And we're also they, talking yeah. about this without all the information. No, but if we're dealing with the 80s sitcom, the parents did not, most of the, I'd say 99% of the time, they did not, they practiced what they preached. They were role See, models for their children. I don't know that I necessarily agree with that because, I mean, I don't know that it ever went this deep, but I think that is a common theme in at least family-oriented shows, whether it was sitcom or, or drama, is that adults do things that are complex 
and children don't always understand it, right? So like when you're a kid and you're trying to model the adult behavior, like you, you do what you see, but you can also only do what you understand. So it's like, well, you, you fix things. So just bring the dog back to life. And she's like, no, like that's not, it's more complicated than that. Like, yes, it looks that way. Like for her, it's like, yeah, it looks that way, but it's not that way. But the irony is that it is also that way, you know, like she, she is trying to raise them properly. She doesn't want them just to be maniacs, be like, yeah, just snap your fingers and everything will be all right. Like she knows that's not the way to do it. But she, when it's, when it's somebody else, even when it's your kids, like it's, it's possible to t- try to like say, this is how it is. This is the lesson. But in her mind, it's like, yeah, that's the lesson, except my situation is different. So I can make an exception for me. It's the, it's the perfect, it's the perfect showcase of, of how that happens in real life, like how adults are towards the children. And it's like, it's fine for you. Like I'm doing this thing. I know it looks like this, but it's fine for me because I'm the adult. But you don't do this thing. Like that's how it is in real life. Like okay, that so, works so, really well for me. So I'm okay with this as a an adult show. What I'm not okay with this is if children are watching this. Now, I don't want to get into this kind of children watching MCU and all that kind of shit. It, to me, it sends mixed messages. I'm a bit conflicted. I enjoy the layers. Don't get me wrong. Because you're right, Jeff. In reality, that's how it is. This is not reality. No matter what we want to do, what we're watching here, Star Wars, Marvel, any of this shit, shit it's not reality. So, and your 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 format is is an 80s sitcom. 80s sitcoms did not do this. So I'm conflicted, but you're right, Nathan, as well. We don't have the ah, full picture. But, but again, I, I would still argue that's almost part of the, the point of even the show itself is that she is creating this idealized version and, and the crap, and that, actually the whole episode. In fact, the name of the episode in a very special episode, 80s used to do this all the time. This would be like the drug episode. The parents didn't do the drug hold episode. On. The kids did. I'm sorry. I just got to interrupt you. Was the title of this episode a very special episode? Yes. Because I didn't, the whole time I was watching this, I'm like, oh, this is a very special episode of One Division. Yeah. Oh, I and had no idea that was the title. Okay, perfect. And, perfect. and that is that is kind of the point. And because yeah. also this is the point of the show where the, the reality is breaking. And now, again, we're also making a lot of jumps as to what's actually going on. We actually don't truly know if Wanda has reanimated Vision. Now, she's obviously not complaining about it. She has some hand in it in the didn't, fact that she took the body. Didn't right? they say but, that she resurrected him? Didn't somebody say that, though? They had sword people but guessing it, that that's the case, yes. That's that's the thing, though. They see him. They see the television, right? They see It's like, well, he's on the inside. He must be alive. She's in control. She's the one doing all this. She reanimated him. I still contend that there's information that we don't know because that's the whole point. Otherwise the show can just be over right now. What are the next four episodes going to be? Right. So I I would say that they kind of break it down to like, well, it's a sitcom and it has to have this message. I just think is not the point of the show. And it's not even the point of this episode, given the title, given that we're showing the breaks in reality and that what she is doing is saying, no, that's not how you do it. And it's revealing that like what she is doing is wrong. And I don't even think it's even remotely ambiguous that that is what's happening is that she is mm. obviously not following her own advice. Like that, that is obvious. Yeah. That is the whole point. Right. And that's even, that's even the problem that vision is having is that you should not be doing this. This is wrong. Right. 
And she's no, saying, and, what's and the problem? Aren't yeah. we happy? And, and, and that's just, the point of the show. Can I just say, no, and I really, and I, yeah, 100% agree. And just to Harry's, Harry, your point there where you're like, like kids watching this, if I can draw everybody's attention, if you guys remember the Tom Hanks episode of Family Ties, where oh, he yes. is a raging motherfucking alcoholic drinking a jar of maraschino cherries, like this is that episode. He wasn't, okay, but he wasn't the parent then. That's what I'm trying. No, no, to say. he wasn't. He was the parent, but like he wasn't a parent. That, no, no, parent. he wasn't. But yeah, but, that's what I'm saying. But no, no, but that that show did not shy away from these types of tough messages that kids not, were watching. I'm not saying that, man. You're getting. You're not understanding because maybe you're not a parent. You're not getting it. As well, a I'm parent, not, maybe not a parent. I'm definitely not a parent. No, okay, but just just hear <laughs> just hear me out here. I'm saying that from the format, the parents were the role models. They were ideal role models. Whether that's deep or not deep, that's what it was. That's all I'm challenging here. And I'm getting mixed messages with Wanda's portrayal in the, now in this episode because she's being she, she, she's a hypocrite. But that's okay. There's layers there. That's all I'm just trying to point out there is that I, I got mixed messages here because she's teaching, trying to teach her kids, no, this is not right. We don't run away from this stuff. We deal with it. She's not right. doing that. But you're saying no, that's how it is that's in the, the point. world. But that's I the know. point of the show, I, right? That's the I whole point. Know. What I'm telling you is that it's sending mixed messages in terms of the format. But that's okay. I, I get it. I, maybe I'm not getting my point completely across. I'm just saying I'm conflicted with the way they're portraying Wanda here. That's all. Anyways, that's all good. It is a mystery I, show. I should point it out. <laughs> like, we're not. We're if if this was no, we don't this know was episode nine. If this if this was the last episode, and it's, uh, I would agree uh, wholeheartedly. That's like no, this is. Then what was the point? It's no, just no, that I like, agree. we're yeah. we're only halfway through here. So in in terms yeah. of the series, so well, let's move on. So this leads into the best scene in in the show for me. Like I, I liked when Wanda came out. But what I thought was the most creative aspect of this of this episode was when now Vision's challenging Wanda. And he's telling Wanda, well, you know, Wanda, unlike Norm and these other people, you can't control me. And then she goes, no, are you sure about that? I can't. And then she turns and walks away and the credits start rolling. I yeah. loved it. Got that. Loved that was it. fucking fantastic. Loved it. Yeah. loved it. And then it continues. That was brilliant. The director and the writers there, that floored me. I thought that was fucking fantastic. And then, you know, it's funny, like a vision is really emotional at this point. He's saying he's scared. He's challenging Wanda. She's shocked that he's getting that angry. These were good scenes. And then we get that twist at the end. We get a couple of things here. We talked about it already where she says, I don't know how this started. So I'm, mm -hmm. I'm here with you. And she's saying that's the truth. And vision's kind of doubting her. But I believe her when she says that partially. And then Quicksilver shows up. And the interesting thing here is huh. he's... The uh, first class Quicksilver, not Kickass. So what up? Is this so? Three couple things here. So the Fox rights were bought by Disney, so now they have the old X Men, all the X Men films on as part of their library and their rights, so they can use this guy. Is but is mm -hmm. I'm assuming this is the multiverse thing that's being addressed here because she's confused as well. The people outside uh, who are watching in reality, like Darcy and so are confused. He was recast. So what's mm -hmm. going on here? To me, it's multiverse, but I, but I also don't know if it's also rights issues and it couldn't get Aaron Taylor Johnson to come back and play him. I don't think that's the case. No, if, uh, if they wanted him back, they yeah, would have. They would, they would be like, fun, well, yeah. we're just, we'll go with Evan Peters. No, it, the they casting of Evan rights. Peters, yeah. 
they know what they're doing. It's yeah. very specific. So and I, them, actually, you go ahead. You talk about this. This is multiverse opening the door to the multiverse, right? Or whatever it's called. Well, maybe. One thing I do want to point out earlier in the episode when the director there says, oh, she doesn't have like a silly name or something like that. Mm-hmm. That was the weird thing in sharing the character. These were like a couple of the characters that Marvel and Fox shared. But the one thing that, or there's two things that Disney or Marvel couldn't do, they couldn't call her Scarlet Witch and they couldn't call her a mutant. But the Scarlet Witch thing was, I think, a bit of the joke from earlier. Like, no, she has no name. And when you think about it, it's weird. They have no name for her. Although I have read that I never Kevin Feige... Yeah, I mean, there are other other characters that they never mention the name. Like Captain Marvel, in her own movie, they never call her Captain Marvel. They didn't call her... Cat- in, um, Endgame, uh, they didn't call either. her that, but they, they called Jude Law. Like, they flirted with the name with Jude Law, right? Uh, they did. I, I think technically... Marvel or whatever, right? Well, Mar- well, Marvel, that... Whatever, yeah, yeah. Anyway, yeah. doesn't... Um, anyways. So anyways, like, the casting of Evan Peters is... Like, they know what they're doing. Is this the multiverse? I mean, I don't know. Like, it's it's strange. So, I mean, my initial thought was, you know, like, earlier with the dog, right? Like, she said, I can't bring someone back. from the, Like, and she seemed pretty genuine saying, like, no, I can't mm-hmm. do that. That's beyond my mm-hmm. power. The kids were kind of, like, pushing her, like, but you can fix anything. And so my interpretation of this was that, no, she can't bring back her, like her like the, the MCU version back alive but for whatever somehow she is able to pull some version out of the multiverse and maybe it's that guy I don't know I I it could be the multiverse of madness you know you know with, with all like the casting stuff that's been going on with Spider-Man and you know uh Elizabeth Olsen is going to be in uh Doctor Strange 2 maybe but this seems like this opens a whole can of worms already, like like to introduce mutants this way. It seems odd. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I know that Deadpool 3 is going to be in the MCU. That's been confirmed. I know Patrick Stewart, he said that he had talks with Kevin Feige a while ago after the Disney acquisition of uh, all the Fox properties and stuff. But it just seems like, I don't know, I feel like there's another, there's something else at play here. Because that is a huge, messy situation to open up the door to mutants. At the same time, they don't do that type of red herring all the time. They kind of did it with Mysterio. You know, mm-hmm. they sort of they, they dangled that little thread out there in the marketing. And then it was all just a bunch of hooey. Uh, to do that again, I don't think they're going to do that. But at the same time, I can't imagine that be like, yeah, especially considering how bad the last few movies were. I don't think yeah. they want to. Yeah, they all um, sucked. They all every single one of these new X Men movies sucked. Uh, yeah, you, I, I you think liked, the new mutants are going to just stroll onto the yeah. set of WandaVision? I don't think so. <laughs> oh, I haven't even seen that one, but I, oh. I did enjoy this Quicksilver in those movies. That was he was actually the best movies. part yeah. of like this new class generation. Yes. Although he actually wasn't in new class, but first class was a pretty good show. That was he was in days of. Days of he wasn't he wasn't in first class, but it was I thought I liked but he was in Days of Future Past, which was also that, that's what I meant. Oh, not first class. He's but that. the other the other ones after that are are horseshit. Yeah, yeah they're, they're all not good in my opinion. Fastbender's good in the first one, but I did enjoy Quicksilver in these scenes. So in in whatever he was in uh, the Quicksilver. Yes. Anyways, go ahead. So but but yeah, to make a long story even longer, I don't know what the play here is. I think in as far as like as sitcom world goes, he's going to be the wacky 
uncle. And yeah, he's going to be uh, he's going to be John Stamos and Joey and maybe Kramer. Like he's that he's the oh all that wrapped in the one. wacky. Yeah, yeah, all wrapped into one. So Which, any other any other comments, on? Jeff, on, on this? Like, well, no, I I mean I what I love the most the, I love being stunned, and I was stunned when I saw this motherfucker show up in the show because they're they're clearly playing it up. Comes at the door, and you're like, we're watching it. And then you think, you think it's kick-ass, but then it's not kick-ass. And... Well, no, no, I, I don't think it's kick-ass because no, I, no. I didn't think it, I didn't think it was the brother. Oh, I, I'm oh like, I thought it was the brother when they I didn't the back first. of the head, right? When they, I'm when like, was... well, what? No, I was like, what? What old motherfucker is this? Is this Michael Douglas? Like, who's showing up here? What do you mean? Oh, I'm no, sitting, those are those are intentionally there. frosted tips. Come on, that's right. That's yeah, right. right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And based on her reaction. Give me a fucking break. We know who it is now, right? So just chill the yeah. fuck out. I didn't know right away. I'm trying to figure out who this gray-haired motherfucker is. And, like, I'm sitting there. And Carla's like, oh, shit. Is that her brother? And then right as she says that, the camera switches. And I see his face. And she didn't recognize the actor. And as soon as I saw his face, I'm like, oh, fuck. So that's what happened. So, yeah, all right. I didn't call it before. Sorry. But the only question I have is, didn't this last X-Men, shitty X-Men movie say that he's the son of Magneto? Well, he is now, the son of Magneto. That In so the comic she, books, she, that is. So she's also the daughter of Magneto? Well, it's it's uh, odd because in, a different in universe, those movies, perhaps. he had a sister, but it wasn't a twin in the Fox movie. That's right. But in the... In the Marvel movies, like it's got, it's got to be some other dude that's not Magneto. That uh, I guess. Yeah. So this is kind of, I guess, there's kind of one. If this is the multiverse, there would be one multiverse Here's, where they would be related, and who knows who the parent is. I or I, she's I'm, manufactured this guy. I don't know. She just recast him. I think they're just doing a bit here. That's what I think. Oh. But I, I don't know. It, I, but it's just weird from Wanda's perspective. Bit. Why would she? Because that could be she, any. It could be any actor. Why choose yeah. this actor just well, for I, just for fans like us? I don't know. This can't. This can't be their way of introducing the X Men into the MCU. They're gonna kind of backdoor it like this, unless well, I, the only yeah they can't be doing it that way. So like I, that's why I think this is just a uh, okay. When the Spider-Man movie came out and it was all, oh, multiverse, multiverse, multiverse. I mean, even bef- not to, you know, yank my own chain, but before the movie came out, I'm like, okay, they're not doing multiverse shit here. There's something else is going on. I don't think they're going down the multiverse route because I just don't think that that's their, I don't think that's their bag. And I know the next Doctor Strange movie is called Multiverse of Madness, but I don't think it's their bag to be doing multiple universes here. It's cheap. And, you know, it's fine for the comic books. I just don't think they're doing that. I, so I, I don't I'm know. I'm not what sure. Is, I don't know but... if that tracks. Because the next Spider-Man movie, how do you explain all that casting? Well, so I can't explain just, all that just, casting. Just be careful because I, 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 don't, I don't know anything on the casting. So I'd like it, to keep it, that under wraps. It doesn't okay. mean it doesn't. But all of that casting, that doesn't really mean much for the future of the MCU. I think that might mean more for the future of the Sony universe of Marvel characters or whatever they're fucking calling it. But I really don't think that has much of a bearing because it's, I think it's too confusing for audiences. And one thing I think I like about Kevin Feige is he isn't the kind of guy to take the cheap way out and multiverses are a great way of just doing whatever and like, okay, this happened, this didn't happen and doing all that bullshit. I think it's too confusing. And I don't think, I don't think it's narratively satisfying. And I don't think he's going to go that way because he knows that. That's what I think. 
as I said before, 60s Spider-Man needed to be there, but I didn't get it again. <laughs> when he's slowly walking towards you with his, you know. I mean, uh, <laughs> you still might. You, you still, still might. might. I'm holding out hope, but like you, yeah. you don't. We have no idea how crazy this next Spider-Man movie is going to get. According to Tom Holland, the most ambitious superhero movie ever made. Uh, well, yeah. And what does he know? Uh, well, also, I think you'd be hard pressed to find an actor who doesn't talk up their superhero movie yeah. in, in such yeah. a way. It's like exactly we're doing something totally different that you've never seen before. Never done. And that's always like the the pre the, before they go in the junkets. But they're talking up the movie, but they really can't say anything. They're just, they're going to say stuff like that. Oh yeah, yeah, no, for sure. But that's kind of why I'm like I'm skeptical of the whole multiverse thing, and I'm happy to be proven wrong. But I just think it's a whole load of horse shit, and I don't uh, think they're really going to lean into it. But that's just one man's opinion. Okay, so why don't we go into our? It's we're in an hour and a half here, so why don't we go into our final thoughts? But before we do that, Jeff. I will ask you, and Nathan, you too, mm. if that door opened and it was Patrick Stewart as Professor Xavier, and that was the intro to X-Men, would you be more forgiving? Then when 100%. it worked, 100%. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. So, yeah. Forget this Evans Peter mofo. If it was Patrick Fuck Stewart, you, you got your heart on, it, you're ready if, to go. Are you kidding? It, it, Absolutely. Yeah. I'm rock hard for Patrick Stewart as Professor X in the MCU. Are you kidding me? the fuck out of my face with that yes it's, absolutely it's, it's not about him in the role you're talked about that's the introduction you were you were kind of worried that this is your introduction to x-men in this backdoor way my question yeah, is if, if that was patrick stewart would that have been acceptable yep yep okay, okay. of so course we, it would have been okay. acceptable Are you kidding me <laughs> get the fuck out of here yes all right, Nathan. I mean, yeah. I mean, I think I would. I'm not sure if I'm as quite as enthusiastic about it as as Jeff. But as far as this being, I'm I'm not really convinced that this is how they're going to bring in mutants. But I still think there's a multiverse component to it somehow. But if it was Patrick Stewart that just showed up, that would have been great. But only if in the next couple of episodes, it's just a full sitcom, just a full sitcom with Patrick Stewart in there the whole time. <laughs> Because he's got great. great comedy timing. He does. Like, yeah. He he, oh. he could he could cut it. He can cut it. Yeah. <laughs> That'd be yeah. great. All right. Oh. Well, all right. So let's get into the final thoughts. So Nathan, your thoughts on this episode? Recommend? Where does it rank for you in terms of what you've seen so far? You know, I enjoy it. I think what some of my criticisms are is I wish we had uh, more of a full like ep- an '80s episode. I would be surprised now at this point, given where we are in the series, if we will get a full episode the way we did in episodes one and two. So I'm a little disappointed in that because we didn't get a full a full 80s episode. Because like Jeff sort of said, it's it was a little generic. But overall, I think I liked it. I like the we're deepening the mystery, the weirdness. Elizabeth Olsen was great in this. Paul Bettany was really great in this episode, especially towards the end when he's freaking out and he's angry. Uh, So, you know, I've got my quibbles with it, but I liked it. I'd recommend it. And I'm still hooked on the show. I I can't wait to uh, see next week's episode. Jeff. Well, Well, actually, sorry, I'll I'll let you wrap it. I'll let you. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I'll just go quick. Yeah. I dug it. Same thing as you, you guys. Uh, I'm still into this. I'm really enjoying the two leads. Nathan, you touched on it. I really thought Paul Bettany was the strongest one in this episode. He was fantastic when he was freaking out, when he was questioning everything, even his humorous bits here, 
I thought he brought his A game, but I do agree with you guys that the the it's unfortunate that the casualty now is that we did not get the full 80s episode. I don't think we're going to get a full any episode is in the sitcom territory. I think it's going to go half and half until it finally they, they leave the reality and it's all done. Uh, so that's really unfortunate. The one problem by doing it this way is that the 80s sitcom format did feel generic. They did not have enough time to flesh it out and make the stories interesting. Part of that was also because the kids were there. So you didn't get enough interaction between Wanda and Vision. Not that we don't really want the kids not to be there. That's just the unfortunate reality and consequence out of it. But overall, I dug it. I thought it's fantastic. I can't wait for next week. This is, it's a great show. Asking really good stuff, even though I had some conflicts with some of the stuff that we've already talked about. But Jeff, you have the last word. I mean, we both, we've all said it is, you know, no matter what we thought of the individual episodes up, you know, up to this point it is we can't wait for next week. And what an accomplishment for a show. Usually I'm good. Like, you know, you want to see next week's episode, but we want to see next week for all the failings uh, of the episode. It's leaving us hanging and you really got to credit them for that. I really wish that they hadn't started the series in the 50s. I think that might have been an error just because I think the audience for this show is kind of like us, guys in our age range, right? Mm -hmm. So we're going to be more familiar with the sitcoms in the 80s, the 90s, the 2000s. So I think it, like, for, I don't know, but maybe you guys can tell me what you think, but I was really clamoring for when we got to this week, to the 80s week. And I was expecting that last week, and we just got the MCU week last week. We finally got to the 80s week this week, and it was kind of generic. And yeah, now I guess we're, we're not really going to get those those dedicated episodes. No. Nope. So it would have been really nice to have episodes one, two, and three just sort of start in the 80s, 80s, 90s. That would have been great. I think that would have been much better, you know? That would have uh, been because interesting because it also house, fits. Right? it also kind of fits more... You really don't know her age, but I would assume that Wanda in MCU yeah. universe is like in her late thirties or well, they well they they, they do they do she, she was, was born, born in eighty nine eighty nine oh, so she's young so yeah. okay yeah well, she's I mean, in, I, I, in her young thirties right so yeah so I I guess I I assume if they ever touch back on it is like in Sokovia she was you know they're poor right so they would have been watching reruns of all this bullshit when she was a kid mm -hmm. you know but it still seems maybe 10 or even 20 years too early, even for her. Like, that's kind of like where I'm like, ah, man, I could have done so much with shit that we knew. So that's that's kind of too bad. But, and you guys said it as well, like Paul Bettany and Elizabeth Olsen, like Paul Bettany, especially in this episode, they were so fucking good. And consider a little screen time that Paul Bettany has and what he did in those fairest moments, man. He was so good. And I hope we get, I hope, that we get to see more of him past this series because man, he's great. Yeah, the it's a good episode. Disappointing that the the framework, the sitcom itself, is it too is too generic for me. They were going for family ties and uh, growing pains, but because the family union didn't match those, it wasn't really evocative of either of those shows at all. And that's, it's kind of a shame. And that's sort of the risk they're taking here. I, I, I was hoping that, and maybe we'll do this. Like what I was kind of anticipating was that the, uh, the squad on the outside, Kat Dennings and uh, FBI dude and Captain Rambo were going like, to go back in and be part of the show. And they'd be like the friends or the Seinfelds or, or those guys. 
to be part of the show. Like, I think that would be fucking great. They should have done that. That would have been better. We've got four episodes left. Again, I don't, I'm not going to spoil anything. So what you're saying is that's what's going to happen. Actually, I, I don't know because actually the, the, the marketing material has only shown the more modern sitcoms. Mm-hmm. But I'm under the distinct impression based on some questions that were, well, I don't know. I mean, when you ask these actors and stuff, like they're like, well, can't really talk about it. I do think, though, that based on what I've seen, there is some element of part of their mission is to go back inside and that it's not going to be a linear progression from like, oh, it's eight, oh, we had 80s, we'll have 90s, we'll have 2010s. I think there's something else in store for us. Because I said this last week where like you have like two of these actors like Kat Dennings and Raymond Park. I mean, they were sitcom actors. I'm not saying you're going to have a full episode, but I I still think there'll be like kind of a fun nod to it in some way. But I have not none of the marketing material. I would actually suggest that that like that they are they're a part of any sitcom. I just feel like that'd be a wasted opportunity. But I I do think there is some element of them trying to get back inside the hex. Well, yeah, the heck, so which is a good, good play on words. Well, let's hope it happens. So the other part of it is that in the comic books, her powers are called hex powers. That's the other nice nod. She put yeah. the hex on you. Yeah. Oh, well, it's weird because she's a mutant, but also, but her mutant powers are like magic. I, I don't know. It's it, yeah. it. Marvel comics are fucking weird. All right. Well, anyways, guys, we're at an hour and 40 minutes, so let's wrap this up. I think that does it for today. Thanks, guys, for coming, and like always, can't wait till next week to review the next one. All right. Sounds good. Can't wait. Can't wait. Be great. All right. You guys, have yourselves a good night. Later. Bye. See you next week.